Welcome to the Education Marketing Leader Podcast with Chris Raposo. If you're looking to dive into the latest industry insights, draw inspiration from education success stories, or just want to sharpen your marketing skills, you're in the right place. Here, we bring you a diverse range of voices from experts and leaders in the field, offering you a unique blend of professional development and practical strategies. Whether you want to understand your audience better, stay updated with the latest tech trends in marketing, or expand your professional network, we've got you covered. So while you're driving on your morning commute or winding down after a busy day, let's explore the dynamic world of education marketing together. Is there a specific story that you can remember over your time as a higher end marketer that made a significant impact on attracting adult learners to your institution? Is there one that sticks out that you can remember? Um, so there's one that sticks out for sure. Uh, it was it was actually back in my first job in higher ed at Northampton Community College. I remember this being sort of the moment that I said to myself, this is the industry for me because of what it can do for people. So it was, I was very low budget type of stuff. We were just putting together some, some student testimonials and there was this guy, uh, his name was Craig and he was in our welding program. And he told me about, you know, a year ago, I was, he was a, he's a veteran and he was homeless. He was living out of his car and he's got a family and he's got kids. And at the time of the interview, he had he had just received a scholarship to pay for his final semester so he could complete his welding degree. Um, and, you know, just, just hearing him be so proud to be able to tell his kids, hey, I'm going to graduate college and I have a degree and I'm going to get a job. And, and it, it literally, quite literally, turned his life around. Um, and so I think that probably to this day is the most compelling story I've ever been able to, to tell. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Education Marketing Leader with Chris Raposo. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Shane Baglini, Senior Director of Marketing and Recruitment at Muhlenberg College. Shane, welcome to the show. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Awesome, Shane, man. You're you're running the, the circuit of the podcast, and now you ended up on mine. I heard you on John Azoni's, and I was so impressed with your work and your your message that I wanted to have you on my podcast. And I uh, did a little bit of research on you before I got you on. I know that you have a bachelor's and a master's degree in sports management, but you have worked in higher ed marketing for over seven years. Can you give us a little bit of an idea about your journey into higher ed marketing and your role as senior director of marketing and recruitment at Muhlenberg. Sure, yeah, so I, I got into sport management. It's a funny story. I started off as an athletic training major in college. And in in one of my freshman classes, they started showing like pictures of injuries and how to treat injuries. And I it was, it was a really quick no, I gotta change major. So I still wanted to be involved in sports in some way because I I'd played sports in high school. I'm a huge sports fan still. Um, so I ended up in sport management and um, yeah, started my career uh, in working in collegiate athletics, working in professional sports. Uh, I worked at a, an Olympic cycling track, which was really cool. We got to, you know, work people from all over the world came. And so 
some really good experiences, but, you know, in that industry, their burnout is, is pretty prevalent, you know, events take place on, on nights and weekends. And so, um, wanted to kind of get a more traditional role. And I, I luckily found a, a role at Northampton Community College, uh, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, where I was working on a grant from the Department of Labor for, uh, individuals who had either lost their job or needed to be retrained as, as a result of the recession. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was really rewarding. And I kind of got hooked on, on higher ed marketing from, from there, just seeing, you know, the impact that education could have on people was, was, was a rewarding experience to go to work every day and, and still is. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, now I'm senior director of marketing and recruitment for the division of graduate and continuing studies at Muhlenberg. Uh, which is equally rewarding because much of our population are people, non-traditional learners, which I know you're you're passionate about. People that are accomplishing something that is, you know, when you factor in their life and their kids and their work and everything else that goes into it, it's just so impressive to see. And so it really, again, is is a rewarding experience to see every day people, you know, accomplishing this this great feat. Um, and just seeing joy on their faces and their families' faces. And so that's kind of what, what makes me tick in terms of, of higher ed marketing. Yeah, it is life-changing. When you go back to school as an adult learner, like I did as well, I was stuck in a career, so I wanted to be a career changer, and I wanted to just uh, reskill and upskill. And higher ed gave me that opportunity because I applied to so many jobs and I never got a response because there was always this bachelor's required. So I knew that, the bachelor's was the key for me to get into a different industry, which mm -hmm. I did last year into, I got into higher ed tech, higher ed tech. So, and just working with higher ed professionals and marketers throughout the last year and a half, almost, I've just noticed the, the, the ability and the willingness to give back to others and share their insights. You know, I was in a legal field for a bit and everybody was like holding on to their secrets. And here, when you go to a conference, everybody's just sharing, like, how can we do things better? Because all ships rise and ultimately we want to, uh, you know, help the next generation evolve and, and produce a better future for all of us. So yeah, kudos to you. Thanks for your sacrifice. I know that higher ed is sometimes not as paid as well as the private sector. So there comes a little bit of a sacrifice as well from individuals like you and the other higher ed uh, marketers out there. So bravo to you all for no. for staying in there. You know. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. You know, it's a. It's kind of a mission fit sort of position. You, you know, if you can align with the mission of what you're doing, I think it makes going to work a little bit easier every day. Absolutely, absolutely. So, like you just touched on, you work with adult learners. And this is what your marketing focuses on a bit. And you also talked about that in previous episodes on other podcasts. Can you share a little bit about um, the narratives and marketing needs, how they differ from targeting adult learners compared to traditional students? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing for me when thinking about uh, messaging and narrative to adult learners would be that the experience of going back to school as an adult, as you know, is a, is a completely different experience than going to school as a traditional undergraduate. Things that are important to traditional students like, you know, campus life, like residence life, activities, clubs, not that they're not important to the adult learner, but, but it's a much more transactional type of, uh, type of approach to education. And it's, it's people that are uh, have had some sort of life circumstance happen uh, in, in between high school and, and now. 
And so I think it's really important as marketers to understand and start from that standpoint of, okay, let's address, let's address this head on when we're, when we're talking to our adult learners. We, we understand that this might be something that's invoking anxiety, that's, you know, you're a little bit trepidatious. Um, I've heard stories of people sitting in their car outside of our office for, for an hour before coming inside for just an advisor meeting because they're not sure if they can even do that. And it, you know, it's, it's, it is a, the range of emotions is very different for, for adult learners. And I think it's important, you know, especially at um, the larger university level where things are, we're in a decentralized model at, at Muhlenberg. So we're just marketing in my area to those students, but in, in other situations, you know, you've got to be able to craft a unique narrative for traditional versus non-traditional students. Mm -hmm. Um you know, the same messaging for high school juniors is, is not going to work for career changers or people coming back after a long hiatus in, in, in their education. And so I think for me, that's the most important place to start is let's think about the emotions that our students are feeling uh, and let's, let's be kind of a, a sounding board for that and just say, we get it, we understand. Um, and that's why it's helpful, at least for us, we've got a ton of non-traditional learners on our staff. So a lot of people that were degree completers and, and went back to school later in life. So it's really easy for us to talk to students about that because we've, we've got people that have lived that experience. So um, yeah. that would be the biggest thing for me in terms of the, the difference in narrative. Yes, absolutely. And it's so refreshing to hear that you're not just sharing the success stories of the dad or the mom at the end of the journey holding their baby with their degree but talking about those people that are in their car for an hour before they even get in because you know when I went back to school I had these apprehensions and I thought I was the only one first at first I felt odd being the only one I thought I was the only adult going back to school because all the pictures I saw was of 18 19 year olds right so I kind of I was kind of embarrassed just walking on campus uh, but just if you address that issue or that 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 fear right from the get-go, people will open up a little bit more and be more open to going into the advisor's office just to have that conversation and start the journey into higher education. Um, authenticity and empathy, you hear that a lot these days um, in in marketing overall. In your experience, what does authentic storytelling mean in the context of higher education, especially for adult learners? You you touched on it a little bit with the with the message of the person sitting in the car, but can you go a little bit deeper on that? Yeah, so I think so. This is something I'm really uh, passionate about: authentic storytelling, especially to adult learners. I, I think I think when you look across the, the higher ed landscape you know, just focusing on let's, let's talk video, I guess it would probably be the most prevalent storytelling mechanism we use. Um, I think it's really important to understand, again, your, your audience. And, you know, a lot of times we see these big grandiose brand uh, uh, videos from, from these large universities that are just trying to touch on everything. I think for adult learners, and, and that's great, you know, to showcase the campus in, in one swoop but I, I think for adult learners again that that campus experience that student life experience is, is very different and so what we try to do is just focus on 
telling stories about the people in our in our programs, not you know uh, kind of selling Muhlenberg College at every turn. Mm-hmm. So we, we're we're doing a, a video testimonial series right now, and 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 in each of the pre-interviews, we're basically telling people we we want you to be vulnerable. We want you to tell us about what it felt like to make this choice, to make this leap, to come back to school. Um, some are you know out of school for two years. Some are out of school for fifteen years. Um, and and similar to what you just shared, there was a student that that was worried about: Am I going to be the oldest one in the classroom? Am I going to be the only adult on campus? You know, or am I going to be in classes with 18-year-olds? I'm, I'm in my 30s. And I think it's important to address that. I think it's important to ask the students that you're interviewing, whether it be for a video, for a written piece, whatever it might be, to kind of address that because there's other people out there considering making this choice that are thinking that exact same thing. Am I going to, you know, I'm 35 years old. Am I going to be in class with, with 18-year-olds? And that's, that's a scary thing. And, and walking around campus and being the oldest person there and, and just sort of addressing those kind of anxieties head on about, no, you're not going to be the only adult student. We have this many. But letting your students tell the story, I think, is really important because I think that connects the viewer more than, you know, any written script or, or, or something like that. I think that that sort of connectivity with the audience, with that person telling you about how they felt is really important in terms of authenticity in storytelling. Yeah, for sure. I remember the first two years I went to um, community college to get my AA. And it took me four years because I went part time because I worked and I had a family. Um, But I remember one time going into class and my worst fear came true. One of the students, younger students thought I was the professor. when I walked in, (laughs) I was so mortified. I was like, Oh, my gosh, I'm actually a student. So I was really embarrassed when she asked me if I was the professor. I was like, no, 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 I'm one, I'm one of your peers. Um, <laughs> but then on the other hand, when I, as I progressed into other courses, there were people that, that were even much older than me. They were in their forties and fifties, you know, and I was like, okay, I, I guess I'm not the only one in here. And everybody got their same struggles. Everybody's just trying to make it in life. And this is a, this is an avenue on how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you just touched on the authenticity of the storytelling earlier and not giving them a script. So is there a method to how you craft stories that resonate the unique challenges and aspirations of students? Or do you just say, you find someone and said, Hey, can you share your story? And you just use what they say, or you kind of keep it in a, you know, do you have some sort of a, I mean, I don't want to say script, but some guardrails for them to follow. Yeah, we, we do have a process. I, I mean, I personally have a process. And, and even going back to my community college days, it's really about, for me, you know, I can, the, the kind of the unique selling points that we all have, we can, we have so many platforms and avenues to get the, that message across. That can be any email, any billboard can get, you know, flexibility, uh, caring faculty, all that good stuff. <clears throat> but I don't think there's a better sort of medium than, video and, and 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 sometimes longer form written pieces to kind of showcase the the humanity b- behind your your what you're offering um and so you know things like flexibility i'm not specifically asking a student can you talk about the flexibility of our program no it's it's okay we've we let, let me learn about you so we can frame this question in a certain way so for example we had a, a mother 
she, she was expecting at the time of the interview that we did with her. She had a two-year-old. Um, she completed her program during COVID. She was a work, working full-time during that time with a family. And I don't really need to ask you to speak specifically to flexibility because you're, you're saying it all. You're saying exactly what, what we what we want people to hear, but we're we're doing it in a more subtle way that's saying, we're not going to tell you about necessarily the pedagogy of our program, but this person accomplished what you're trying to in, in with all of this going on in their lives, including a pandemic, including having to do everything online when you weren't expecting that. Um, so I, I think that speaks for itself. So we, we try to craft our, our scripts and interviews in a, in a way that's um, lets the students showcase their story, but also how does that, how did Muhlenberg help sort of craft your own story? And, and how did Muhlenberg fit into whatever you had going on? Not necessarily saying, yeah, the faculty were great. They, they helped us. They gave us extensions on our papers and stuff like that. We don't, we don't necessarily need to put that message out there directly, but saying, I completed this program during COVID with a, with a one-year-old and a, and a full-time job really gets the message done about as well as we could ask for. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's the show don't tell approach, right? Because people can read between the lines. You don't have to like spill, uh, spill it out or, right. or, or, you know, explain everything in detail. Yeah, I, I think we're, we're all kind of, you know, as, as, especially as marketers, but consumers of media, we're all sort of drawn to stories and storytelling. And, yeah. you know, think about, think about a movie or a TV show that you love or a book that you love. Yeah. Why did you love it? Well, cause it was compelling in some way. It, it wasn't, it wasn't, they weren't trying to sell you on something to make you feel a certain way, but that's they, right. they compelled you to keep watching or keep reading. Um, and, and that's, I think what we're connected to, especially in, in video format, obviously there's other methods of storytelling, but, um, in, in probably the, the biggest, you know, source of information for students nowadays, other than Google search, we're talking about video. And that's what I think is, is compelling to adult learners. Yeah, 100%. Is there a specific story that you can remember over your time as a higher end marketer that made a significant impact on attracting adult learners to your institution? Is there one that sticks out that you can remember? Um, so there's one that sticks out for sure. Uh, it was, it was actually back in my first job in higher ed at Northampton community college. I remember this being sort of the moment that I said to myself, this is the industry for me because of what it can do for people. So it was, I was very low budget type of stuff. We were just putting together some, some student testimonials and there was this guy, uh, his name was Craig and he was in our welding program. And he told me about, you know, a year ago, I was, he was a, he's a veteran and he was homeless. He was living out of his car and he's got a family and he's got kids. And at the time of the interview, he had, he had just received a scholarship to pay for his final semester. So he could complete his welding degree. Um, and, you know, just, just hearing him be so proud to be able to tell his kids Hey, I'm going to graduate college and I have a degree and I'm going to get a job. And, and it, it literally quite literally turned his life around. Um, and so I think that probably to this day is the most compelling story I've ever been able to, to tell. You know, there's been some other really good ones. We, we, I, there's a student that, well, she's an alumni now 
at Muhlenberg, uh, who is a an army veteran again. She was a 25-year military veteran. Um, she's a mother of four. She's got a family. Um, she completed her accelerated bachelor's degree at Muhlenberg. Um, she completed her graduate degree at Muhlenberg. She has, you know, an incredible person. Her capstone project, sort of her culminating project in her master's program, uh, was to develop a a retraining for suicide intervention officers in the in the military. That she is one. Um, she had an experience where she needed to help somebody in need, and realized that her training was sort of out of date and needed to be updated. Long story short, her project ended up being funded by the PA Army National Guard for a pilot program in the fall. Um, and so talk about an impactful outcome to tell to talk about. But just you know, this incredible person that's doing this incredible thing. Sometimes sometimes you just get lucky and get fantastic stories to tell, to be honest. Yeah. And that's what that's those are the kind of stories that resonate because there are they're real and they're raw and they hit on those emotions and they're relatable as well. Right. And they, they are life-changing these, these people, what they went through. And then like you talked about the homeless person, now he has the ability to be a provider to his family. Like you said, life-changing. And that's why I'm so passionate about these adult learners as well, because it changed my life. If it wasn't for my college experience, you and I, we wouldn't be talking right now because I would not be in marketing. I would be somewhere in a cubicle rotting away probably <laughs> <laughs> um but how do you encourage some of these students to to tell their story because th they have to be vulnerable they have to tell their story and they hope have to open themselves up to come to share a compelling story um are there any any strategic ways to encourage them or are they just I was always happy to just share my story regardless, but mm -hmm. how do you encourage people to, to share theirs? Yeah, I think, I think sometimes people are a little bit uh, trepidatious to share their story. And I, I think this is where I would credit our advisors in our, in our division. Um, the personal relationship that they develop with students is really, really impactful. Um, and I, so I think it helps students feel a little bit more comfortable about not necessarily being kind of used as a, a a token, so to speak, of the adult learner, but rather trying to help people understand what it's like to be an adult learner. Um, in, in terms of like the nuts and bolts of it, one of the things uh, that I, I would really recommend to people, especially with a, adult learners, but, but in terms of like video testimonials or, so, you know, an interview for a, a, a written feature would be to kind of scale back on some of the production. Um, and that might sound counterintuitive, but one of the things we really focus on is I've done, I've done um, testimonial interviews in the past where people walk into the room and there's three cameras and there's a camera on a track and there's lighting and a stylist and they're, and they're just like, whoa, this is a lot. I'm not, I've never done anything like this before. Most people are just used to being filmed on their iPhones or filming themselves in selfie mode. So we've taken the approach where we we like just really scale things back where we've got, you know, one, two cameras, uh, minimal setup. The, the, the cameras are stationary. So there's not somebody behind the camera. And it's just a conversation with, with the producer or, or whoever's asking the questions. I think right. I think right off the bat, that increases your chances for authentic storytelling. 
by kind of not, not this Hollywood production where you feel like you're being interrogated and the lights are hot and you know, you know people aren't used to that. And and if if it were me, I would I would be nervous too. I, you know, you and I are talking on Zoom here. It's 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 a little bit easier than a TV set where you feel like you're on you know sixty minutes. Um, so that would really, I mean, that's that's kind of down in the in the weeds. But that that's a recommendation I have for people is to kind of think about what your setup is going to convey to the student participating. Some people are great on camera; they're naturals. They don't care about the production. Other people have never done anything like that before and are are nervous that they're gonna you know they're gonna screw up. They don't they don't look right. They're not gonna say the right thing. So really, just disarming people by by kind of scaling back is an easy way to to increase that authenticity. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We we're 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 as marketers, we kind of know we're used to the camera. Even though even when I started this project with my podcast about a year ago, I was nervous just speaking to strangers through Zoom. You know, I got a, com- a lot I got a lot more comfortable over time. But if you have somebody who's in a welding program who's never been in front of a camera before, that is a big deal for them. You know, so yeah, scaling back a little bit and making it less um, like an interrogation is really helpful, especially if you don't have people standing behind the cameras looking at them while they've been interviewed. So uh, that's that's a really good approach, and I I commend you for that. I think everybody should um, you know, pick that up as well uh, going forward yeah. if they're doing student testimonials via video on a grander scale. So. Digital platforms, there's a rise in that, obviously. We're pushing everything out on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, what have you, TikTok. Um, which platforms have you found most effective to reach adult learners? Yeah, I mean, so, so you know, YouTube, again, is probably the one that we, we see the most interaction with our stories on. Um, but also, you know, I, I think it's, I think there's the mix that you have to find. I, I think, there is still a place for outdoor. There is still a place for you know, direct mail. People still like to get things in the mail um, to kind of cut through the, the digital noise. One of the things that we're doing, obviously email communications is, is a big thing for us. And, and one of the things that we're doing, uh, and I have to give a, a shout out to uh, Day Kibilds from Ology here, uh, is we're doing an audit of our communications flows to make sure that we're communicating with empathy and not being overly transactional in our messages. I think one of the places I see people fall out of our communications flows is when we're sending a sort of apply now email, you know, two days after you've submitted a form. Okay. Well, I'm, maybe I'm not ready for that. And then I'm not now that's now it's, you know, that it's getting real and I'm not ready for that. I need to speak to somebody first, but we're looking at that to say, are we effectively communicating in probably our most prevalent platform? Are we effectively communicating empathy for the student journey? Um, and so I think we can draw some really good learning out of that to say, okay, maybe a subtle apply now, just button at the bottom of this email is, is all we need and not saying, here's why you should apply, here's how to do it three days into their into their journey with us. Um, and and then you know also I think the human touch point I think is is so important for the adult learner. Um, people you have people have a lot of questions and it's it's very different again from the traditional learner. You're not necessarily going on the campus tour experience or you're you might not have time to go to the open house. 
can I get one-on-one -on -one time with a with an individual? Actually, this is where AI has has played a role for us. So uh, we're partnered with Element 451 uh, as our CRM. And one of the really great things about Element 451 is what they're doing with AI. And so it's allowed literal conversational back and forth between students on even on off hours. And yes, it's an AI bot, but it also um, can answer students' questions in real time and help them make a decision. Um, oftentimes, the, the school that the student hears back from first is the one they'll end up going to. Um, and so if you can't, you know, if you're not able to scale that human touch point, like we are, we're a small staff, um, finding ways to do that is really important. And so that's where AI is playing a role for us as well. Yeah, I'm really encouraged that you did you're utilizing AI in your in your marketing and as on your website as well. Is it it's it's on the website as a chatbot, you said? It is, yeah. yeah. That's perfect because some most of the time these adult learners they come back from work, then they have their family time, then in the evening after the kids are in bed, then they'll do their research. And if they want to talk to somebody, admissions obviously not in the office at this time. But mm -hmm. like you said, if you're the if if they don't get the answer from you, they'll move on to the next one. They'll right. find it somewhere. Yeah. Find it somewhere. And, and, and we're actually able to, with that technology, uh, they can send us an email and it'll get back to them, send us a text message, it'll get back to them. So they can have that conversation, not necessarily needing one of our advisors or admissions folks to be on, on you know, behind the keyboard. Yeah. And then this, the, 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 the crucial aspects of that is too, is the, is the immediate follow-up the next day, right? Because sometimes mm -hmm. you I heard of these horror stories where people submit, uh, submitted a request for information and then weeks later, somebody got to them and it, you know, it's obviously too late then to, to reach out um, after they submitted something a week yeah. ago. So, so um, diversity and inclusion, they're, they're crucial in today's higher ed marketing. Now, how do you ensure that your stories represent a diverse background experience of adult learners, let's say there's a specific target demographic that's more willing to go on camera, but you have some others that may not want to go, you know, how do you, how do you go about that? Yeah. So this is, I think where we're lucky at uh, Muhlenberg we're, so we're in a very diverse uh, location. The, the Lehigh Valley Allentown area is, is very diverse. Uh, our student body is very diverse. Um, so, so we don't, you know, we, we definitely strive to make sure we're representing diversity in all of our, our marketing. I think more importantly for marketers is that we should be, we should always be thinking about diversity, not just when we're doing a specific project and we've got to rep, you know, we've got five students and we've got to represent all these different groups. I think that's the wrong, probably the wrong way to go about it. I think making sure we're, we're, uh, addressing diverse populations in our communications through you know personalization through some other things that we've we've tried um, but always kind of thinking about being cognizant of of the diverse background of our students adult students are provide tremendous diversity to a campus from from both a life experience standpoint and then also a a cultural and 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 uh you know demographic background um, so yeah, we are, you know, we, we do strive to make sure we're representing groups, uh, that we know are, are likely to enroll in our programs. Um, and, and luckily our students are, 
are pretty willing to share their stories regardless of of, of background or demographics and things like that. Um, but it is, I mean, it is a balance that you have to strike. You, you, you know, you certainly underrepresented groups on campus are, are underrepresented for a reason. And so finding people willing to share their story is, is challenging and also making sure that people, again, are feeling, aren't feeling like they're being sort of that used as the, the token uh, diversity interview. The making sure that we're, you know, we're not necessarily asking you about your experience as whatever group we're, we're, we're highlighting, but making sure we're, we're kind of showing, again, you're, you're a human being in our program yeah. um, that's coming from a specific background and, and um, you know, other students watching that that might be in a similar scenario coming from a similar background. How are we connecting to those folks? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, DEI, I, I knew about DEI, but uh, there, there's a B. Some use, you should mm -hmm. use the DIB, the belonging part. And that's really important because some people may not know that, you know, maybe I don't belong there. If it's a predominantly white school, they may think, well, I'm not going to fit in there. It's not going to be a good cultural fit for me. So to communicate that as well is, is super important to get these underrepresented groups on campus. And I think, yeah, it's a great point. All of those, you know, the DEI and B and DEIB are all, are, are not, um, they're, they're separate things you, you can have a diverse campus and people still feel like they don't belong mm -hmm. and i think as marketers we have a unique opportunity to to kind of play a role in we're responsible for protecting the reputation of the institution and and the student experience piece of things are we ensuring that students that we're recruiting from diverse populations are having the experience on campus that we're we're telling them they're going to and I've been in situations where, you know, you get a designation like a, like a, you know, an Hispanic serving institution in many cases. Um, okay. Do we have the resources for increased uh, Latinx populations to be on campus? Are we, you know, before we use this designation, which is really geographical, it's about your population. Before we use that as a reason to go target more um, uh, Spanish speaking students or, or Latinx students, when they get to campus, do we have the resources to help them? Do we have affinity groups? Do we have bilingual staff? Are we, you know, are we offering them the things that we're telling them we're going to? Because if we're not, then it becomes an ethical question for us as marketers and, and as an institution as a whole. So I think, I think that really plays into marketers' kind of responsibility for that reputation management and the student experience piece of things. I think it's important for marketers to kind of step up and speak out in that situation that's right that's right and it's also important when you attract non when you attract international students that may have the language barrier it takes me back to a time when i was at hillsborough community college one of the prerequisites was to take a speech class and in my speech class there were two guys from saudi arabia and you know you, you speech class you have to do a presentation and you have to do a speech you have to do public speaking and their English was so bad, you couldn't, they couldn't put a sentence together. But then you think to yourself, well, I attracted these students to my school. I want them to succeed. How do I ensure that they going to pass this class, this speech prerequisite class? 
they don't speak the language, but they have to take this class, right? So how do I go about making sure that they get scaled, I guess, or graded on a different level? You know, that's that's the sort of thing because you, you want to get them on campus, but then if the experience sets them up for failure, then you know that's a problem um, in the in the end. So I just wanted to share that story that I I don't know how they made it made it through the class. I'm sure they did somehow. It was probably some sort of an arrangement, but sitting mm -hmm. in there listening to them, I was like, how are they going to make it through? Because they couldn't literally couldn't f finish a put a sentence together in English. But they had to take this class for some reason. So yeah, that's the type of that's the type of experience that that word travels. You know, um, if if you're recruiting diverse group populations onto your campus without resources for them, that word is going to travel, and it's it it's damaging to your reputation. So I think it's I think it's really a place where marketers can can step in and and really need to to speak out. Yeah, hundred percent. So as we bring the episode to a close. For higher ed marketers looking to refine their their approach and their storytelling approach, what's one piece of advice that you can share to tell more authentic stories for adult learners? Yeah, I, I would say start with empathy. I think I I just think it's it's more of a if you've never been through it or if you've never been around adult learners making the decision to come back to school, it's it's more challenging than you could ever imagine. You know making that leap after let's say a decade of being out of school either because you had a family or you had whatever going on uh is a scary thing to do and i think as institutions we should be addressing that i i, I don't think there's a problem in saying this is we know this is going to be difficult this is not going to be easy and and when we say things like um where you can you know you don't have to worry about balancing between career and education well, that or, and and you're not going to miss any family time and things like that. That that's not necessarily true. Like this is going to take a lot of work, and you might end up being up until midnight, or you might end up missing something. Um, I think it's I think it's okay to address that because that is the reality. This is this is a lot of work, and and to just think that it's going to fit into somebody's life seamlessly is 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 really not realistic. It, it you're adding something very challenging to do on top of everything else that people have going on. So I think starting from a standpoint of empathy and understanding of we, we have, we know what this is going to take. We can help you through it, but he, you know, here's the reality. Cause again, it goes back to that student experience piece of things. If we're, if we're telling you over and over, this is going to be seamless. This, you're not going to miss anything. This is going to be easy. Um, we're, we're as flexible as you could possibly be. And then that's not the experience the student has. That's a negative. That's a negative factor for us going forward because that word travels. So I think as marketers, it's it's okay. It's just it's okay to say in your messaging, we, this is going to be challenging. This is going to be hard. But yeah. but here's how, you know, blank institution can help you through it. Yeah, I love that answer. It reminds me of my time when I was a non-traditional student. There, there's going to be you're going to have to make sacrifices. You're probably not going to have a social life that you used to have. You're, you're probably not going to go to the games or whatever, play golf or whatever you used to do because that time is now taken by um, by the schoolwork because the last thing you want to do is sacrifice your family time. So something else has got to give. So right. I definitely tell that, you know, bring that message to the forefront and tell people 
this is what you're signing up for. It's not going to be you hanging out every Saturday at the football game. <laughs> that's not going to happen because that's not your life, you know, as an adult learner with a family and a job. So, right. So thanks so much, Shane, for being on the show. Great show. How can people connect with you to learn more about you or your school efforts? Yeah, you can. I'm on LinkedIn at uh, Shane Baglini. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Shane underscore Baglini. Or feel free to, to shoot me an email at shanebaglini at muhlenberg.edu. Perfect, Shane. I'm going to tag you in the recap and then people can find you. Uh, I recommend everybody sharing and following Shane and listening to some of his other podcast episodes that he has out there. So Shane, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks a lot, Chris. Really, really appreciate it.